0: life hurts God heals I'm one of your hosts Kim Ward
1: and I'm your other host Kurt flagel and today we return to one of our favorite spiritual practices which we've discussed before and that is scriptural listening prayer or what's often called Lectio Divina so you are invited to join us in this practice of listening for God's voice through the scriptures, together. Specifically, on this episode, we are going to be listening for God's voice through Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. So let's do this. So I'm excited. How about you, Kim?
0: This is definitely one of my favorite practices for us to do together.
1: Obviously, people have the choice as to whether they want to participate, but there's an invitation for everyone listening to be involved in this with us. So would you mind explaining uh, how this is going to work today?
0: Sure. Why not? So Lectio Divina, or listening prayer, is just a way of reading through Scripture and the idea that you're listening for what God is trying to highlight to you. So generally, you read it through three times... Generally a smaller chunk, maybe one to like 20-ish verses. And each time you're asking a different question. So the first time you read through, you're going, Okay, God, what what word or what phrase are you highlighting to me? So you go through, you read it. What pops out? Write it down. Then the next time you go through, normally you use a different translation each time. Or at least we tend to. Yes. Next time you go through, you're looking for, God, what is my emotional response to this? And that one can take time. I'm not always the fastest on picking up my emotional responses. So that can be a challenge to not just jump ahead and go like, I think this is what I'm feeling or I just want to have something written down because I want to move on and ignore whatever is actually going on. So the challenge there is this could take time. And maybe this is the one where you kind of go like, I'm going to come back to this. God, you know, reveal it as time goes
1: on. Can I speak into that for a moment? Sure. This one is also hard for me. I know my tendency is to rush through this part so I don't have to dig too deep. Mm -hmm. And so this is where you just practice honesty with God. How am I feeling as I read this? That's an honest question. So I often pray, God, don't let me BS myself. I mean, let's be honest. That's a real issue yeah. and a real tendency. So with God, honesty is the best policy because he already knows. Yeah. So why not just be honest with him and ourselves? Is like, hey, I'm not sure about this, God. I'm not sure what I'm feeling. And I know that I, I can fool myself. I don't want fantasy here, God. I want reality. So show me. I need you to help me. That's an honest prayer, and God loves it. Yeah, it's
0: definitely one I normally have to pray before doing that section. I know it was an Enneagram 9. You've experienced it plenty of times where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Two days later, I'm like, I'm not fine.
1: (laughs) So those are two of the three questions we're going (laughs) to deal with today.
0: Right. And then the third is, God, what is your gift or invitation for me in this for today? We only have today. So, mm-hmm. God, what's your invitation for me today? What are you inviting me to do? What What do I need to hear that maybe I'm not recognizing that I need to hear from you?
1: Or simply, what is the gift you have for me that I'm not yeah. receiving? What is the gift of Him? Yeah. Everything is from Him, and it is Him. So what is that gift that He's giving us that we may not be aware of?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so like we said, we're doing this with Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. What version do you want to start with?
0: I think an ESV. Okay. Especially because that's why I already have it open to.
1: Hey, look, so do I, actually. <laughs> what I like to do before we actually mm-hmm. ask God the first question is do a prayer of invitation. God's here. It's not like God's presence is not here. He's always present. Mm -hmm. But what's good is for me, when I pray a welcoming prayer and invite God in, it's my way of positioning myself to be open, to be sensitive, to however he wants to move and whatever he wants to say. So, Kim, would you mind doing the welcoming prayer?
0: Yeah. Dad, thank you that you are always with us. Thank you that your word says that you are always speaking to us. And that as your kids, part of our right and inheritance is to hear your voice. But Dad, we invite you in to speak to us what it is that you want us to hear today. We ask that you would help us to be open to receiving whatever it is, whether it feels comfortable or not. Thank you that you are always a safe place for us. We are always safe in your arms, even when it doesn't feel like that. So just ask you would give us listening ears and open hearts and open hands to receive whatever it is you have for us today. Thank you that your gifts are good and perfect, because that is who you are. So now we just, we just welcome you here. Thank you that you are going to speak to us. And I just bless everyone listening with... With just a deeper desire to hear you more clearly. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. So the first question we're asking you, God, is what is it you want to highlight in this passage as we read through it? Help us notice it.
0: All right. Hebrews 12, starting at verse 1, the ESV translation. And make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord.
1: We're going to spend a few moments in silence, listening, paying attention to what's been highlighted to us. And this is the place where you can pause this episode And take as much time as you need to sit with this and notice what's being highlighted and also journal it, write it down. Mm -hmm. And writing it down is important. That's an important part of the process, to lock it in. So go ahead and hit pause now. Okay, Kim, this part of verse seven is what jumped out to me. It is for discipline That you have to endure. How about you?
0: Mine was in verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of
1: our faith. Nice. That's the easy part. That's all we have to do is share what what jumped out at us, the highlight. So now we're going to move to the second question. What's our emotional response? How are we feeling as we read this passage?
0: Hmm. I think we're going to go with the amplified Translation this time around.
1: All right. God, would you please show us what our emotional response is to what we're reading through this particular version? If there's any verse again that is highlighted to us that is strongly tied to an emotion, would you please make that clear? And help us not to fool ourselves and just assign an emotion because it's convenient or try to come up with a nice emotion. Help us be raw and real, and yeah, truthful. We pray that you will show us as we read this what our real emotions are in Jesus' name. Amen. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 14, the Amplified Version. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet struggled to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the divine word of encouragement, which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not make light of the discipline of the Lord, and do not lose heart and give up when you are corrected by him. For the Lord disciplines and corrects those whom he loves, and he punishes every son whom he receives and welcomes to his heart. You must submit To correction for the purpose of discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Now, if you are exempt from correction and without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate children and not sons at all. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we submitted and respected them for training us shall we not much more willingly submit to the Father of Spirits and live by learning from his discipline? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful, yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness." right standing with God, and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. So then, strengthen hands that are weak and knees that tremble. Cut through and make smooth straight paths for your feet that are safe and go in the right direction, so that the leg which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather may be healed. Continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord." All right, we're going to take some time and silence to allow God to reveal our emotions. So you are invited to pause and start the episode again when you're ready. Okay, Kim?
0: I Still kind of highlighting in verses one through three, just little bits of it. And it was kind of bringing up a lot of conviction and also a lot of kind of sorrow and grief from that.
1: Mm. Mine was comfort which came from these words in verse 10. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good. Okay, so we've asked the first two questions. Now we're asking, what is your gift or invitation for us today? What version?
0: Passion translation.
1: God, we... uh, We ask you to make clear your invitation for us or gift that you want to give us through this reading from the Passion Translation. Just make clear whatever gift you have and we will receive. Make clear your invitation to us to walk with you today in whatever way you have for us and we will obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews 12 1 through 14 in the Passion Translation. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has been already marked out for us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls, so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. After all, you have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, My child, Don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God, or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love, and when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them, but God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share his holiness. Now all discipline seems to be painful at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees. For as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. And every relationship be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. So we're going to take some time to be still in silence, listening silence, letting God reveal whatever it is he has for gifts or invitation for us today. What I like to do in this, just to give you one further clue and maybe some direction, is I like to notice again a scripture that pops out to me in this particular translation that we just read. And then looking back at everything I've written down so far, including the latest scripture I wrote down, I look back through it, and then I start writing a letter to myself from the Holy Spirit. I know it sounds weird, but this is a practice that people have done for for a long time. And it's trusting the Holy Spirit in you will speak to you. And I just literally just start writing based on what I've written so far, I just start writing and see what comes out. And I'm often amazed at what God speaks. So we're gonna take some time to listen and then write down some things. We invite you to pause the episode at this time and pick it up when you've when you've had time to, to listen and write. Before I read what I got for a gift to gift or invitation i'm going to go back and just read what i've gotten so far because i think it all fits together and this is what i do anyway i always like i said i always go back and look through everything so in the first reading the word i got that was highlighted to me it was it is for discipline that you have to endure which is verse seven Then the second reading, what was my emotional response, came specifically from verse 10 in the Amplified Version. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short time, as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. And I wrote, I feel comfort in being reminded that you discipline us for our good. And so, The gift or invitation came from verses 3 and 6. Kind of felt tied together for me. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls. Mm -hmm. And then verse 6 was, For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. Both of those were from the Passion Translation and this is what I sensed the Holy Spirit writing through me, was, My beloved child, don't oppose my discipline, for I am seeking to train you up to strengthen you, just as coaches help their athletes get stronger and go faster. It takes painful discipline in, in this world to grow in strength, but don't focus on the pain. Focus on the goal. I am your loving father and your coach, and everything I do is to help you grow in success. I correct your stance, your swing, and especially your attitudes to make you more effective in receiving my good and sharing it with others. My ways are always the best ways for you, but it takes discipline to get rid of your bad and ineffective habits and adopt mine. Therefore, if you choose to oppose what I am doing in you, you are opposing your own soul. That's the pride of life. Choose my humble love for you instead. How about you?
0: So my first one was from Hebrews twelve two, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And then for the emotional response, it was Hebrews 12, one through 3, uh, where it talks about stripping off every unnecessary weight. And it talks about letting us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and then jumping a little bit to just consider and meditate on him so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And then the of rap was conviction, and also some grief and sorrow. Mm-hmm. So then my invitation is more or less out of that section. Dearest daughter, how much joy I have in calling you that, because it is who you are to me, my dear one, my daughter, who I fought for and fight for, and considered it joy to give all of myself on the cross so that you would be mine. You are worth fighting for. I invite you to let go of the wounds that have pierced you, that you are struggling to face and give over to me. I know what the patterns and wounds in your life have tried to tell you about me and my plans for you, but they aren't speaking the truth about who I am. Instead, I invite you to look away from the natural realm and your circumstances and focus your attention and expectation on me, who both started the work in you and will complete it. Look to me and remember all that I endured to bring you home, then you won't be discouraged and worn down by all the burdens of this world. When you give me your wounds and your fear that history will repeat itself and wrestle with me, then I will reignite the passionate fire in your heart and will give you the determination, perseverance, and vision to keep running the race I have called you to. This is why there's been burnout in your heart. You've allowed the fear of the past repeating itself to drown out the passion and call I've placed within you. Fear of facing the pain again, instead of allowing me to be your source of hope and expectation. I am where your hope needs to be placed. That is my invitation for you today. Let me be your hope.
1: What was that tapping into for you?
0: Well, we just talked about it yesterday, so it's a little fresh. But I had a dream, and when we were talking about it yesterday during our meeting, oh, there's been this pattern in the dream of it starts out good and then it goes horribly wrong. And we were like, well, you asked me, Kim. Has this been? Is this something you recognize as a pattern? There's a dream, yeah. To to work with horses, to do something, pretty much anything with horses. I don't think it really mattered too much to me what it was, you know. And then as I got older and got the chance to even try it, which was a good thing and an unexpected gift to to get that. And then to hear God asking me to lay it down and to then go and put me in a place where I had no idea who I was anymore and felt very adrift. I mean, it was in the middle of a bunch of family chaos and stuff, too. My family was more or less imploding at the same time. In a human setting, we wouldn't choose to go through identity crisis on top of a whole bunch of family destruction at once.
1: Can we choose neither, please? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) ideally
0: neither. But, you know, having both at the same time, it did come pretty close to actually destroying me. But God worked through it. I mean, we wouldn't be here if all that hadn't happened. Right. But I just remember how painful that season was. And then, of course, then I go and do youth with a mission and start going, oh, I'm really passionate about working with youth. I get hired as a youth pastor. I have a couple years where I'm like, oh, well, I mean, like, there was a lot of uncertainty, but there was also a lot of excitement. Like, oh, I'm doing what I'm called to do, and this is so amazing. And, And then that falls apart. I don't just lose a job and a ministry I love, by I lose an entire church family. I was in that particular church from the time I was 10 to the time I was 28, so 18 years. And in the course of a couple of days, I lost all of it. So then you got that. <laughs> so it's like, oh, look, the pattern repeats. And I had friends that came alongside me and they're like, hey, we're going to start a church and we want you and if you want like we've already got someone who's like you can use their house and if those kids still want to youth group together like they're just gonna like let you use their house and take it over and you know we start doing that and it starts off good and everyone's excited and you know as excited as you can be I I was probably dealing with more burnout than I realized at the time but being in the middle of it didn't recognize it of course But I could see God keeping his promises, and I got to watch the kids I had in junior high graduate high school, which I'd promised them I would do if I could. Things are going great. And then, oh, hey, Kim, we've decided this isn't working out, and we need to retool. And by the way, tonight's the last night of church, and that falls apart. So a third dime of that kind of roller coaster ride.
1: And then our church community.
0: Which, I mean, admittedly, it. It became another, oh, cool, God, you provided me with a new church family and a friend and someone I trusted really quickly, which admittedly actually freaked me out at first.
1: Just to be clear, you're talking about of me. Of course. I am about, talking about you. are talking about me. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. I am talking about you, Kurt. But yeah. And you know, and it's like, okay, God, here we go. Now yeah, I'm gated to youth ministry and I'm on the worship team. And, and then that ends with COVID hitting and your sabbatical and once again, I mean, this time at least I, I still had you and your wife and your daughters to, to hang out with. So I didn't lose everyone all at once this time, which was a nice change. But it's still, it still feels like that same pattern again of it starts off good and I'm all hopeful, excited, and then crash and burn. And then you fast forward to now where we're starting a new ministry, doing a discipleship training church, a church for the church which taps a lot of the boxes that God's been, you know, putting on my heart as far as who I am and the things that I love and am passionate about. I think it was the last time we met, I was like, I just realized I'm not as excited about this as I feel like I should be. Right. You know, and it wasn't that I didn't believe it was a good thing or that it wasn't going to work. Like, you had me sold on that point <laughs> by then. But I was just like, man, there's something holding me back. Even when our church was still going... It's not that I wasn't passionate, but I would hit a point where I'd hit a wall, and it just stopped. It's like, I can commit this much passion, and this much of my heart, and then no more.
1: Were you, like, walling off the rest or something? Or I
0: don't, I don't know if I totally knew. It was just like, oh, I'm passionate about youth ministry. I am, and yet I know I'm not pursuing this as hard as I could be. Like, as hard as I did back before, so there's something going on. But, you know, I'd always kind of just go... Or it could be that little perfectionist tendency going that you're never doing enough. (laughs) Mm. And, of course, not wanting to face it either way. And so I was kind of like, man, this is really kind of bugging me. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm actually kind of getting burned out a little bit again. It's not that I'm never passionate. The other times it's like, God, I can't hear you at all. I have no idea what's going on. And this time it's been like, oh, I'm still hearing God and I'm still having quiet times. And like, there's still amazing stuff happening, but there's just like... It's like I can get this far and then can't seem to push past it whatever the barrier is and so then you know i was having quiet time on your porch again and i was so frustrated by the time i was i was like can i go back to being numb because this frustration and hurt is worse Mm -hmm. i did a journal entry like at the end of like i think it was uh, like five hours i was like okay so all i've done is go from numb to hurting and i don't know why i'm hurting and of course then i managed to avoid it because i am me And so it was probably a couple days later, I had that dream that you and I processed yesterday. I think you and I have talked about it before. That level of pain was just so bad from all of the dream crashing and burning. I think we talked about it in terms of me being afraid to dream again. But God's like, there's still more to it. Like, you still haven't totally given it over to me. There's still that fear in the back of your head that you're going to go all in, and that's going to hurt worse if you go all in and it crashes.
1: Is pain the enemy?
0: you want the biblical answer? Do you want the answer that my brain thinks is, yes, of course it is?
1: (laughs) Well, both. Because both are true, right? Right now, both are real. Yeah. One's more true than the other. There's a truth to how you feel about pain and Mm. the reality of what pain really is. Sometimes they agree, and sometimes (laughs) they don't. So, is pain the enemy from your perspective? Is pain the enemy from God's perspective?
0: My perspective is, yeah even probably even deeper than the than the wine to avoid conflict and everything else, is just wine to avoid pain in general, whether that's physical or emotional. I don't know too many of us who are actually a big fan of pain.
1: Yeah, more than 7 billion people on the planet headed for 8. I don't think there's very many in that number that would say they enjoy pain. There's some, I'm sure, in this world, but that's a little weird in itself. So.
0: Yeah, but then I know... God's perspective is a bit different, although I'd much rather have you expand on that than me.
1: Well, this and this goes along with, you know, what God was showing me. Mm-hmm. The filter that I often read Hebrews 12 through is punishment. Right. Punishment. And the word is there in some of the versions and such. But the idea of punishment to me and my filtering system, growing up in the household I did, mm-hmm. is punishment is more about revenge And my parents making themselves feel better about themselves because they're mad at me and what I did. Here's the perfect example. In my household, when I was in trouble, my father often said this statement. I have a bone to pick with you. That has nothing to do with correction.
0: Yeah.
1: A bone to pick with you is a personal statement. You've hurt my feelings and I'm taking it out on you. Yeah. That's punishment from my perspective, right? But what, what God is showing showing me, at least through this, again, is the reminder that discipline is more along the idea of training. Pain does not feel good. It's not pleasurable. When you have discipline to work out, there's pain involved in that. When you work out, you're ripping down your muscles. hmm to rebuild them stronger than before. That's a painful process. But you don't hate your body. You're not mad at your body, or maybe you are if you feel like you're out of shape. But really, the whole point of it is for the good of your body, because you love your body, and you love yourself, and you want a healthier version of you in a physical way. So you go through the grinder, you know, the workout to rip down muscles, to build them back up stronger than before. There is an intention, right? And it says in verse 10, God disciplines us for our good. Pain in the Garden of Eden was not God's first plan for us. Death was not his first plan. He gave the first man and first woman a choice. You can eat from any tree in the garden, including the tree of life and all the other fruit trees and all the other trees, except for this one tree. If you eat of this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, you'll die. I don't want you to die. Don't eat from that tree. But we ate from that tree and death and pain became the reality. So the point in the garden was there are two ways for you to grow in intimacy with me and maturity. Intimacy with me brings maturity. Right? Yeah. And the more something is mature, the more fruitful it becomes. How do we determine maturity, fruitfulness? The goal of God was to bring us into greater intimacy and greater maturity without death and pain. That was his first choice. That's what he wanted us to choose. That's not what we chose. We chose door number two. <laughs> we chose intimacy growing into maturity through death, pain, and disease. struggle and god said okay these are the tools you handed me so these are the tools i'll use so when we resist pain now in god's hands pain is not the enemy pain is the scalpel in the surgeon's hand to cut out the cancer that's killing us when we talk about god's glory the word glory is the word kavod in the hebrew which has a connotation of weight For us to be clothed in the glory and the completeness of God was always his intention. It's what Adam and Eve had in the garden before the fall. They were naked and unashamed. There was no death. There was no insecurity. There was no shame. They were running around buck naked and completely clothed in God's glory. So they didn't feel any shame over it. And I really believe if you'd seen Adam and Eve, they look like Moses when he saw God's glory in Exodus 34. He comes down from the mountain after a glimpse of God's glory, glowing like his face is shining mm-hmm. with light so much it terrifies Israel. That's what Adam and Eve looked like all the time, completely clothed in God's glory. But we lost that and became weak, spiritually spindly little weaklings. Mm-hmm. And now God is like, This is the process that I have to build you back up again to carry the weight of my glory. It's a strengthening, a core strengthening process. And just like working out, it's ripping things down to build them back up. Ripping the lies down that you believe about yourself to believe the truth about yourself. Ripping the lies down that you believe about God to build up the truth, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What he said to me is, my ways are always the best ways for you, but it takes discipline to get rid of your bad and ineffective habits and adopt mine, right? Right? my attitudes, my habits, this is the way of it. We're spiritual, you know, emotional, mental weaklings in this world. And God's like, I'm giving you my glory. Little by little, I'm growing your capacity to hold the weight of my glory in your being and shine it like Moses. It takes time. So pain, no, is not the enemy. When we view pain as the enemy, we're back to disagreeing with God and not trusting his intentions. You know, for my sake, I'm still looking at God at times through the lens of my father who had a bone to pick with me. God's like, that's not me. I discipline you so you have a capacity to carry more of my glory. I rip things down to build them up stronger. So agree with me. And that's half the issue is you don't agree with me and you fight against me. And so you find yourself, as it says, so consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls. When we resist pain in the hands of God, we're resisting the tools we gave him, and we're mad at him over what tools we gave him. We're opposing our own souls. So no, pain is not the enemy in the hands of God. And if, I, if you and I are his son and daughter, then every pain we go through is in his hands. And everyone who believes such, everyone on this planet from his point of view is his family member. And he is actually allowing pain into our lives to build us up. So that's for me too, is like, remember this, Kurt, in this season. This is for your good. This is not punishment. In other words, it's not revenge, as you understand punishment. It is discipline to correct your stance, your attitude, your habits, to help you grow stronger in the fullness of my glory. So, having said that, what do you notice about what he said to you based on what we're talking about?
0: The big invitation is you give it back to him. Yeah, The invitation to wrestle with him and to focus on him. And let him be the hope, not the circumstances and not the outward stuff in the middle of it. Because he's always going to be there, whether or not. Whether this somehow crashes and burns, despite all the things he's promised. And there's another iteration after that. It doesn't change that he's not leaving, and he's not giving up, and he fought. And he's still fighting for us, for me.
1: And that's the reality, isn't it? And all of those beginnings and endings, was there always a new beginning? Was there always a way through? Yeah. So none of them was the end of Kim, right? Right. None of them left you stranded and all alone forever, right? Even if you went through a season of feeling alone or whatever, God was there, right? And he carried you through. And he brought a new season and new people. And didn't it get better?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, wasn't Living Hope better than...
0: Than the previous one? Yeah. Right? That's true. And then we moved on again. I got better people.
1: I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. That was a joke, folks. That was a joke. But that's the point, right? Is that even in the ups and downs the beginnings and endings, when we attach ourselves to God, even the endings become new beginnings. There's new beginnings in them. Yeah. Because God always moves. He is eternal life. And even when things die, as we see with Jesus on the cross and in the resurrection from the dead, that that's the reality of attaching ourselves to God. In other words, worshiping God. He always moves us into new beginnings. And even if that's the case with this, that this goes good for a while and then cycles and dies, we're not attached to this thing. If we do, we're in trouble. Yeah. Hold to God and nothing else. Because God is the only one who is life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus showed us through his death and resurrection, he is the life that carries us through to the Father through every beginning and ending. This is the race that we're running, right? Yeah. And we have to shed every burden and every sin. And sin really is the resistance, right? The unbelief that causes us to resist God's good intentions for us because we don't like pain And we're mad at him over the tools we've given him. We're Mm -hmm. resisting him over something that we created. (laughs) Which is really silly. Instead of submitting ourselves to him who wants to take the weights off of us. So that we don't oppose our own souls. I think that's enough. Yeah. So let me (laughs) speak a blessing over you and everyone listening. Yeah. God, I just bless Kim myself and everyone who's listening to this and the power and authority you've given us as your beloved children with greater trust in you, greater courage to face what's going on inside of us, greater honesty to see what's there, to face it, to name it and surrender it to you, greater humility to accept the pain and also the strength you're building into us through that ripping down of spiritual muscles, through that pain, to rebuild things stronger than before. Thank you that your intentions are always for our good. So, God, we receive your good even when it comes in ways we don't like or we don't want to accept. We do accept. We accept you, Jesus. That's what today is. Now is the day of salvation. And salvation is accepting you as you come to us on your terms, not on ours. So I bless us all with humility to accept your ways, even when they don't make sense to us, because our ways are so small and finite. And I just pray these things in the power and authority you've given us through your cross, through your death and resurrection, through your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is good
0: yeah
1: For those of you who did this with us, we would love to hear what you experienced and what you heard from God. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we would love it if you would just post comments there. If you're not on YouTube, you could always go to YouTube and find us <laughs> and post comments there. But if you're on a podcast platform and that, that's how you like to listen to us, you can email me at Kurt at com. That's Kurt at com. We want to hear what you've experienced through this and how it how it's helping you, where you're struggling even with it, what you didn't understand. There's always learning as we go. So share with us what you got out of it and any questions you have. And in the meantime, please know that you are God's beloved, so be loved. That's true of you too, Kim. Aw,
0: do thanks, Kurt.
1: Till next time.
0: We'll see you then.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Life Hurts, God Heals. And if you're curious to know more about us and what we offer, we are part of a larger organization called Elevate Slow, which is a disciple-making movement intent on seeing the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, planted in every culture around the world. If you'd like more information, you can go to our website, elevate slow.com that's elevate slo.com and as always please remember that you are god's beloved so be loved okay round two name something that's not boring
0: a laundry oh a book club